Y'all, welcome to Regeneration. My name is John Elmore. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from alcoholism, fear of man, and this past week, I would say uh, spiritual starvation. That sounds weighty. It's self-imposed. I just like find myself like rushing from thing to thing, waking up with a headache. So, shortchanging time with God, just like like spiritual anorexia. I don't I don't know what else to say. Like uh, less time in the Word and in prayer than what I need. And so that's what it was for me this week. Uh, you see that we just started a new series called Influencers. And um, this is what we're gonna be going through for the next few weeks. And you guys know that if you're on social media or you've had your ear to culture, is Influencers has become a household name. Influence used to just be a term. Like influencer means someone who would hold sway or effect or guide or help or hinder. It's just someone who had influence, which is a circular definition, I know. But now we've got this household name that's influencer, and it's someone within culture that's shaping our ideas and our thoughts and our speech and our buying habits and what we wear and what we drive and, and how we use our time. And it's all the different things as we're following them, these influential ways are coming to us through a person that we're following or keeping our eyes or ears or whatever upon. And so, we are going to walk through the next series of weeks, key influencers in all of our lives. And so to begin with that, where do you think we're gonna go? Got to Jesus. So, you know, the Sunday school answer, but it very much applies. He is the original, the ultimate, the epitome of, the OG influencer, the one who has had more influence over this world than any person ever has and ever will. It began with him, it sustains with him, it will end with him. And to that end, I wanna read you a poem from almost 100 years ago. This is, uh, this is written by James Francis, who was given a message in 1926. And here's what it's called, it's One Solitary Life. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. He never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never had an education, never visited a big city, never traveled more than 200 miles from place he was born, which was only when he was born down to Egypt. And then you could say he never traveled more than probably 30 miles. He did none of those things associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself, he was only 33, when his friends ran away, one of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 20 centuries have come and gone, and today Jesus is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. It's crazy, y'all. He only was known for three years, total obscurity, three years in this outpost called Judea that was conquered by Rome. 
and was crucified like a criminal, laid in a tomb. And here we are 2,000 years later and everybody is impacted by him. And in case you're like, no, they're not. Hindus aren't, Muslims aren't, atheists aren't. You bring up the name of Jesus in front of them and watch for the reaction. Jesus is polarizing, which is what he said. He said, I've not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And he didn't mean a military sword. It was a divider of souls to know you are either with God or against him. And he would be the definition point. As he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through the Son. No other prophet or founder of any other religion has ever had the gall to say something like that. No one has been claimed to be the Son of God. No one has claimed to be God in flesh. Spare Jesus alone. I tell people like this. I bought a cheap slide off Craigslist for the treehouse that I built for our kids in the backyard. And I got them all up in the treehouse and I was like, all right, go down, I made this for you. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't go down. They, they looked at me like I was crazy for even suggesting it, probably because they saw me like piece it together. <laughs> like, no dude, you built it, you go down. <laughs> Which is what I did. I was like, all right, they're not willing to go down. Let me, let me show them that a 185 pound man can. So I got inside, went down this like curvy slide down to the bottom popped out the other side, I'm like, it's good. And then they were convinced, they were like, oh. And now it's like their favorite thing, up in the treehouse all day long. They get it wet so they shoot out faster. They love it. Why am I telling you this? Because there have been a lot of prophets and a lot of founders of religions that have said, hey, when you get to the other side, this is what you'll receive. Your good works and your bad works, they've just got to weigh, outweigh each other, Islam, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, just have your good works outweigh your bad, and when you get to the other side, you'll get paradise. Or maybe the prophets have said, you know what, when you die, if you're good, you'll be reincarnated into something a little bit better. Live a better life then, then you'll be a little better, until finally you're assimilated into Brahman, the Hindu God. You'll become in God, like God. That's what'll happen. Maybe it's Buddhism, where it's like, well, if you like, remove yourself from all pleasure, and, and the, the path there, you can achieve to nirvana, which is the spiritual enlightenment, and then there will be that. And it's like, yeah, maybe. You went through that slide, you didn't come out the other side. I don't know. I don't know. I can, I can actually visit the tomb of every founder of every religion, and they're still in the slide, so to say. They didn't pop out the other side. So you want me to trust you with my eternity? Really? Man, I don't know. That's a gamble. How do I know what's on the other side for you? Jesus alone goes through the slide of death, comes out the other side, raised again, is like conquered sin, death, and Satan. And in that, we know a firm foundation for our faith, the one who has conquered death, Jesus, the greatest influencer ever. Let me read to you this crazy passage, crazy passage. It may be well known to some of you, but in light of this, in light of this series, influencers, that you would know like, oh, oh, that makes sense a whole lot more now. Check this out. Colossians 1, verse 15 through 17. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He's like, you've seen Jesus, you've seen God in flesh. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, all things. By Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created, check this out, through him and for him. Augustine, great early church father, said we are restless until we find our rest in him because we were created for him. We were created through him and for him. And so we have this God void in our life. Like, man, why am I so angsty? Why can't I find peace for my soul? I've tried money, women, status, everything, and I can't find it. Like, there's got to be life somewhere. And Jesus is like, it's me. You created through me and for me. And when you receive me, life, like, the, like life comes to you, which is why we call this regeneration. It means to be born again. Though physically alive, we're spiritually dead. We've got to be born again. Our spirit cross over from death to life. It goes on to say, and he is before all things, and in him, listen, all things hold together. All things hold together. When I, when I read that you know, today in preparation for tonight, you know what I thought about? The fact that I am standing here on this stage and not like, slung into an oblivion. Because right now, this very second, as you sit in that chair, you're spinning 1,000 miles an hour on this earth. The earth is spinning 1,000 miles an hour. That's mind-blowing. Like, that doesn't make sense. It says in him, all things hold together. He is holding this together, and not just that. So the earth's spinning 1,000 miles an hour, while spinning 67,000 miles an hour around the sun. And I'm doing it at an axis on purpose because it's even at an angle. Like that's just God showing off. Like, all right, pops the basketball, spinning 1,000. Now watch this, 67,000 times at an angle. And by the way, the angle's super intentional because that's what creates all the four seasons. And if we didn't have the four seasons, then, then the decaying matter wouldn't turn into soil, which produces all that. And that got me thinking about, man, that's pretty weird, photosynthesis. Hmm, that's interesting because plants give off oxygen and we give off carbon dioxide. And there's this symbiotic relationship through photosynthesis. Who thought of that? Are you kidding me? Plants intake what we give off as poison. And then they give off life. Man, evolution's a pretty incredible thing. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta be out of your mind to think that happened by accident. And then I thought about the fact that I was, this past weekend, we were with some friends, we were sitting on this back patio, and some guy goes, whoa, dude, a bat just hit a lightning bug. And I go, man, that's a blind flying rodent with leathery wings that uses sonar to capture a bug that's giving off bioluminescent light. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? That's amazing. And we're just like, oh cool, bad ate a bug. But like you stop to think about it and you're like, who did this? How is there life instead of non-life? Why is there order instead of chaos? Why is there design instead of complete irrationality? Why, for every civilization on every continent, for all of mankind, did they know it is wrong to murder, rape, steal, lie, commit adultery? Like that's always been wrong for every civilization for all of time. Why? Well, the Bible tells us why. Because God has written 
conscience on the law of all. Because if he didn't, it would be like the movies we watch. Just sheer chaos, like World War Z. And instead he's like, I'm gonna put conscience within everyone. They're gonna know. He's the ultimate influencer. The ultimate influencer in all of those things. And yet, the demons aren't influenced. They know all of that. They know full well that by him and through him all things were made and, and in him all things hold together, that he is the visible image of the invisible God. They know that. They just don't trust it. They don't bow to him. They don't submit to him. They don't love him. They don't revere him. He is neither Lord nor Christ to them. They rebel against him. And so what I would tell you is, is he can be all of those things. He can be the influencer of all time, of all civilization, having only had a public ministry for three years, being crucified on a cross in total obscurity, and yet be the greatest influencer and not have influence on your life. That's up to you. You've got to decide. Will I have a demonic faith that's like, yeah, Jesus is God? Or will I have a born-again faith from like, Jesus, you're God, and you get everything. And I think what we do, and, and part of the reasons why we're even in this room tonight is we compartmentalize things. We're like, you get my eternity, you don't get my relationship. You, you, don't, you, don't, get my, uh, you don't get my money. You don't get my time. Some of you are like, what did he just pull out? It's a binder clip. <laughs> Best wallet ever. Cost about one cent. Rabbit trail, sorry. And we start to let, we do that, frankly, with our lives. We're like, yeah, 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 you get that. I'm on rabbit trail over here. You don't get my social media. You don't get my job. You don't get where I live or who I live with. You don't get the boundaries with my significant other or my marriage, divorce, remarriage. You don't, you don't get my confession. You can, you can have influence over some things, but not all things. And in which case, he's just like, man, then I can, I can influence partially. But you're, gonna, but you're gonna suffer in silence. You're gonna struggle. The question is, will you let him be influencer over all? And in that, there's freedom. In that, there's healing. I used to be like a chronic chameleon. Just be whoever I thought you wanted me to be so you would like me. I was an egotist. I was a materialistic. I was a drunk. All the things you've heard me say. And, and still, there's still the struggle of like, ah, man, I got a headache and I'm pretty tired. My kids were up in the night, so I'm, I'm just gonna shortchange my, my time with you in the morning. Or I'm gonna ha have wide spans throughout the day where I'm not in prayer. And we limit that influence. And in doing so, we're limiting the life that he can give us. Because all that like macro creation life is what he gives to us too. It says all the days ordained before one of them came to be. That he knows your entire life. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows the hairs on your head, and it's not because he has some particular affinity for hair. This, this is him saying like, I know everything. Every cell of your body I hold together. 
I know you so intimately. I know your thoughts better than you do. I know your feelings better than you do. I know your pain better than you do. I know your sin better than you do. And I love you. I love you so much. I'm not mad at you. Just come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. That's what we long for. So tonight, you're going to hear from someone who, Trip, who's had great, been greatly influenced by Jesus. And then you're going to walk out of here and you're going to have an opportunity to share, like, man, this is where I've not been influenced by Jesus or where I'm keeping him from influencing me. And to just share. I promise you, you will be fully known here, fully loved, and fully prayed for after you share. That's what this place is because Jesus has influenced here. And he's at work, y'all. Miracles, miracles in the people right around you. The ultimate influencer, Jesus Christ. Everybody, welcome to the stage. Trip, who's gonna tell us more about him.